once again, and welcome to episode 43 of Bee Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, episode 43, Why Gun Control Won't Stop Violence, Part 2. We're going to discuss uh, mass shootings and other mass catastrophes and try to put a handle on this phenomenon of school shooting and where it falls into uh, all of the violence that we experience in our society today. But before we get into that, I want to remind you, as always, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at bboomerunleashed. You can find us on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed. And you can find us on Facebook, Spotify, Tumblr, and Instagram. You can find our link there at Be Boomer Unleashed and on Twitter at Be Boomer Unleash One. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. We always appreciate your questions, your comments, your suggestions for future episodes, and it's just good to hear from you. Well, let's talk a little bit today about this business of the fact that gun control won't stop gun violence. And last week, if you'll remember, we talked about, oh, a whole lot of gun legislation that's been passed ever since, really, the uh, Second Amendment to the Constitution was ratified and how lawmakers and courts have tried to stomp our Second Amendment rights. And I just kind of wanted to put things in perspective. You know, uh, gun violence um, is, you know, kind of a phenomenon that's not strictly isolated to the United States of America. Violence in general is not just uh, limited to the United States of America. But, you know, a lot of people, every time some mass shooting occurs, whether it's in a school or whether it's uh, at the Walmart or whether it's in a uh, public venue, a sporting event or whatever, People want to blame the gun, and they say, well, we've got to have stricter gun laws. We've got to have stricter gun laws. Well, let's look at exactly how many people have been killed in school shootings in the United States since 1900. A fellow by the name of David Unsworth uh, did an article on this back in 2018, and I'm going to glean just a few uh, statistics, few facts from his article that uh, he has researched out here. If if we have one student, if we have one child die as a result of gun violence, that's way too much. But I want to kind of put everything in perspective here in today's episode. And then next week, we're going to get into some specifics about what our schools are doing absolutely wrong, how they've gotten it wrong and how they could have prevented a lot of gun violence had they only followed a few easy steps. So, in answer to the question, how many people have been killed in school shootings in the United States since 1900? The answer, drumroll, 552. At least that's according to a comprehensive list that was compiled by Wikipedia. Now, assuming that isn't wildly inaccurate, 4.7 people per year have been killed in school shootings since 1900, 4.7. And every time that happens, now, admittedly, those figures have gone up in the last 20 years, and I think there's a reason for that, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today, but primarily we'll get into that in next week's discussion. 
since 1998, there have been 298 people killed in school shootings since 1998. So that's over half of all the folks killed in school shootings since 1900. So if you average that out, that's about 14.9 deaths per year in school shootings, school massacres, school murders. To put that another way, in a typical year in the United States, during the past two decades, 35 states would have not had a single school shooting, while the other 15 had only one. So there's some statistics that certainly lead us to believe that school shootings, however heinous they might be, and certainly, as I mentioned earlier, if we have just one child, one individual shot at school, it's, it's a shame. It's, it's a tragedy. And we don't want that to happen to anybody. We don't want anyone to have to go through that at all. There's a lot of ways that people are killed not only at schools, but in the public venue, other than by gun violence. Now, what happens when a gun is used in one of these massacres? People automatically want to outlaw guns. Well, you remember back to 9-11, those of you who were alive on 9-11-2001, the day that America came under attack by radical Islamic terrorists? They killed in that one day, that one day, 2,996 people. 2,996 uh, lives were lost. Mothers, fathers, children, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, aunts, uncles, neighbors were lost on that dreaded day in 9-11. Now, if we use the same argument for what happened on 9-11 to what has happened is in the last 20 years in our school, we would outlaw jets, we would outlaw Muslims, we would outlaw big buildings, we would outlaw many things. We would outlaw jet fuel that was used to fly those jets into those buildings. Matter of fact, we might just put a ban on air flight altogether. We did for a brief time there, a brief period of time, but we might just put a ban on it altogether because, you know, in in one day they killed nearly 3,000 Americans. So let's make all of this, you know, illegal. That's the exact same argument. You say, oh, well, that's different. No, there's not a thing different about that. If we're going to use the rationale of a gun causing a student death or a citizen's death as a reason to get rid of guns, then we need to get rid of everything that kills anybody. During the past 118 years, 119 years now, 4.7 people per year have died at the hands of school shootings and 14.9 over the past 20. Like I said, one is too many. But in the whole scope of things, why is all the attention placed on that? I'll tell you why all the attention is placed on that. Number one, children are our most precious commodity. And number two, the gun grabbers can get more sympathy out of a child's death than they can 3,000 deaths that took place on 9-11. When we put this in perspective, think about what just exactly what are the biggest killers in the United States. 
Well, heart disease kills about 614,000 people a year. Cancer comes in second at 591,000. Chronic lower respiratory diseases, including uh, afflictions such as emphysema, bronchitis, and asthma, are third at 147,000 people a year. And accidents, accidents kill 136,000 people per year. And strokes kill 133,000. Now, needless to say, these figures certainly exceed the death toll from school shootings, mass shootings, gun violence in general. A typical year in the U.S. usually records 33,000 gun-related deaths in the United States. Now, two-thirds of those are suicides. Two-thirds of those gun deaths are suicides, and the 12,000 gun-related homicides a year, unsurprisingly, are heavily concentrated in inner-city neighborhoods afflicted by drugs, gangs, and crime. So where follow the drugs, you know, you're going to have a lot of gun violence in these areas. You know, our own city of Huntington, West Virginia, has experienced a, a tremendous rise in that over the past few years because of the Detroit connection. Now, the tragedy in all this is that these health-related scourges on society could be prevented or avoided through personal responsibility and changes in our own behavior. Their prevalence is statistically correlated with a whole host of lifestyle factors, things like a poor diet, obesity, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, sedentary lifestyle, smoking, fast food, processed foods, lack of exercise, watching too much TV, the list goes on and on and on and on. So yes, Angry young men who shoot up schools are a serious problem. They are. Yet the idea that they pose the gravest, clear and present danger to the safety of America is just preposterous. Now let me go back to my original statement. If only one child is killed as a result of gun violence in our schools, that's too many. Too many. And folks... Uh, even after all this gun legislation has been enacted that we talked about last week, all the laws that have been passed, and there were pages of it that we talked about last week, the violence continues to go and grow. And it's not the gun's fault. It's not the gun's fault. You can sit a gun on a kitchen table, loaded and cocked, And if nobody touches that gun, it could lay there for 50 years and it's not going to kill anybody. So for the liberal socialist agenda to say that if we get rid of guns, we get rid of the gun violence is ludicrous because those people who want to commit violence with a gun will get a gun or some other instrument of death to commit their heinous crimes. And it's not guns. It's people. It's people. So we as Americans should be directing our public to uh, attention to ensuring that we live healthier lives rather than worrying about the astronomical odds of getting shot at school. And again, one is too many. One is too many. But our public policy should be driven by data and facts, not opinion and hysteria. Now, Another argument that liberals like to make is school shootings and school massacres only happen in the United States. Well, that's nonsense. You know, even the most 
simple or cursory examination of data shows that it is a global problem, including countries where guns are have uh, guns are illegal or they have much stricter gun laws. This is a classic example of an attempt to base public policy on hysteria-driven, sensationalized media coverage. Now, let me remind you of something. We talked about the First Amendment a few episodes ago and freedom of speech and uh, freedom to worship the way we choose and the fact that separation of church and state was never in the Constitution. For socialists or communists to take over our country, they have to do three things. Three things. Number one, they need to rob us of our free speech, which basically they've done. You really don't have free speech in this country. The the free speech police and the political correct police, they're all about listening to uh, anything you might say that might, oh, it might offend someone. You know, how dare you be in opposition to the LGBTQ movement? How dare you uh, be in opposition to abortion? How dare you be in opposition to same-sex marriage? How dare you do that? If we do, we're classified as racists or bigots or homophobes or Islamophobes or whatever they other phobia they might want to put on us. So freedom of speech, that's the first thing that has to go, and they pretty well wiped that out. The second thing, they've got to get your guns. And that's what we've been talking about. That's what we talked about last week, and that's what we're going to be talking about for a few episodes here. They stomp on the First Amendment, then they stomp on the Second Amendment. If they get that, there's only one thing left, and that's our money. And folks, I don't know if you've read the news or not, but we're rapidly becoming a cashless society. And it doesn't matter how much money you've got saved back, it's going to be worthless at some point unless you have a chip in your forehead or in the back of your hand and all of your funds are going to be accessed digitally. Cash will be of no use. So once they control free speech, once they control our guns, once they control our cash, guess what? They control us. You know, person has to eat, person has to drink water, and if you can't do that without surrendering your cash assets to the government, then, you know, you're just um, up the creek without a paddle. And if we can't speak out about it without fear of reprisal and we can't defend ourselves in our own homes with guns, then we're in big trouble, folks. We're in big trouble. So part one of their plan is pretty much completed. Part two, they're working on getting rid of our guns, taking our guns. And that's why they use everything, every disaster, school shooting, mall shooting, whatever it is, to try to enact stricter gun laws, and it will not work. It will not work. Now, again, let's take a look at statistics. And people will say, well, this school violence, these school shootings, these school massacres, that doesn't happen in other countries. Well, let me give you just a list of the top ten, the top ten school massacres in recent history. We have to go all the way down to number nine to come to one that happens in the United States of America, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the first one was, uh, number one is the uh, Baslon School Siege. Happened on September 1st, 2004. Happened in uh, 
Russia, 385 students were killed and teachers, people, and over 783 or 783 were injured seriously. So that's number one. And who was it? Islamic terrorists. Islamic terrorists. Once again, you know, and in Russia, <laughs> some of the strictest, you know, try going down to the hardware store and buying a gun in Russia. But these Islamic terrorists were bent, hell-bent, if you will, on destroying these kids in this school. And we're not going to get into the politics of it, but that's number one. Then there was the Walsongo School Massacre. Happened in central Sulawesi in Indonesia. That was in 2000. 165 to 191. The number is really unsure. And uh, they don't know how many were injured. And that was... uh, Taken that was done with the militia forces there that went in and took over that school and massacred everybody there. Then in uh, Sri Lanka, Eastern University massacres happened in 1990, 158. 158. Then in Peshawar, in Pakistan, in 2014, 149. Garissa University College attacked in Kenya, 148 killed, 179 injured. Then in uh, Kenya, also in March 24, 2001, 67 were killed in a in a fatal a firebomb attack. And then in uh, Nigeria, the Obi State School shooting, July of 2013, 42, 42 dead. Then in Thailand, Thammasat University Massacre, October 6, 1976, 45 to 100 plus. We don't know for sure how many were killed there. That was carried out by Boko Haram. And then number nine, we get to the United States, the Virginia Tech shooting. That was in 2007, and 32 people were killed, 17 were injured in that Virginia Tech shooting. And then... Number 10 happened in Israel in 1974 with 31 killed and 70 injured significantly. Now, folks, that's the top 10 school massacres, but we, every time something happens here, every time a shooting here happens here, the media would have you to believe that this doesn't happen anywhere else. And these places, some of these places where these massacres took place have the strictest gun laws in the world where people, some of them can't even own a gun. It's illegal to own a gun. So gun control is not going to prohibit evil people from doing evil deeds. It's just not going to do it. And more gun control is not the answer. More gun control is not the answer. It never has been and never will be the answer. But that's what everybody wants to talk about. They want to talk about gun control and taking your guns. And it has nothing to do with protecting our children. We could protect our children, and next week we're going to talk about how we need to protect our children and something I've been preaching for for years on protecting children and what it takes to protect them. We can protect them. We can keep people from coming in school and killing our kids. We have the technology and the resources to do that. 
but we would rather spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on flat panel TVs hanging in classrooms or the latest and greatest consultant coming in than than we would like to spend on keeping our children safe. And that, folks, is a tragedy. It's a travesty. It's terrible. That's all you can say about that. Well, listen, I'm going to give you folks some homework for next week because we're going to take some quotes from this gentleman's book and from his website. I want you all to order a book entitled Why Meadow Died. Why Meadow Died. Meadow was a young lady who had her whole life ahead of her. This is written by her father, Andrew Pollock. And this talks about the people and policies that created the Parkland shooter and endanger America's students today. Not just the students in Parkland, but today. This is a tremendous book. I ordered it. It took me almost two weeks to get this book because it's in such demand. It's a bestseller, but I think you can order it on Amazon.com for about $16, $17, or you can get a Kindle copy or whatever you want to get. But you ought to read this. You ought to read it. Why Meadow Died by Andrew Pollock and Max Eden. And it's a tragic story of how that school system failed the children there in Parkland. And how school systems are failing children all over America. And when we go through some of these things, I'll tell you some things that Cabell County Schools does right, and I'll tell you some things that they do wrong and why the kids are not as safe as they should be. Now, the second piece of homework I'm going to give you, if you're too cheap to buy the book, and I hope you're not, I hope you'll buy that book and read it, go to the website. It's Andrew Pollock's website, Americans for Class. All one word, americansforclass.org. And look at that website. tells a little bit about what they're trying to do so that this won't happen to any other family ever again. I heard Andrew um, Pollock on a, a recent interview on a talk show, and uh, we reached out to him uh, today, and hopefully um, and um, he will... You know, maybe come on the podcast and be a guest. I don't know. I'm sure he's busy, got lots of speaking engagements, but we would love to be able to talk with him and let you let him share his story with you and let you know how unsafe your children are. So that's your homework for next week. Order Why Meadow Died by Andrew Pollock and go to the website americansforclass.org. By the way, if you've heard the distant sound of a wood chipper in the background, the uh, folks uh, across the street from the Bee Boomer Unleashed Studios have cut down some trees, and there's been a wood chipper operating throughout the whole episode, and I apologize for that, but not much I can do about that. That's about all the time we have for today, but listen, next week we're going to get into some things that the school system should be doing but they're just not, and how they're failing your children every day by not keeping them as safe as they possibly can. And it can be done. It takes a little bit of money, a little bit of time, a little bit of effort, but the amount of waste that goes on in public schools today, everything from buying board cars to the 
uh, for the superintendents and the assistant superintendents and outrageous salaries for central office staff and uh, buying toys and buying flat panel TVs and buying computers. Now, all of these are good things. There's nothing wrong with those things at all. But they don't do a thing to keep your child safe. Not one thing to keep your child safe. So tune in next week, and we'll have some of those failures to report to you. And we'll share with you some common sense ideas that can help our school systems and our schools in your community and my community be safer. One child is too many, folks. One child is too many. Well, once again, thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. Goodbye.